Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So you have all this going on, um, but the fact of the matter is that Solomon was chosen. And when you look at yourself and the position that you're in and you recognize the blessing of your position, all of the other qualifications doesn't matter. The one thing that's important is what? God chose you. He put you there. And because he put you there, that is where you're supposed to be. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Today we're going to be talking about a leader's heart. Um, and so I want you to just join me as we go through this journey. And I know some of you are probably thinking that doesn't apply to me because I am not a leader. Well, I want to let you know that is not necessarily the case. Most of us throughout the course of our life will be a leader in some capacity. You have children. They need to be led. They need to be taught, right? You may be a supervisor at work. Well, those people under you need to be taught. They have to be uh, led in the way they should go. You may be captain of your sports team. You're in charge. You know, you have to set the tone. You have to set the pace. There are so many different ways. You may just be the, the committee chair of a committee of three, but still those other two people are going to be looking to you for guidance. And so since we are going to be in a position of leaders, uh, we're going to be heading something, we're gonna be commanding something. How about we do it well? Let's do it well. Because it is, I've, I've been in a situation where the person leading me did not lead well. That affects you, doesn't it? And, and you, it can take a while to get that off of you, to uh, repair the effects of that. So we don't want to damage people. We want to make sure that we are leading them well. And to do that, we're going to go to 1 Kings. We're going to look at King Solomon. He was the wisest king ever, so he should know how to lead well, right? So we're going to see what happens uh, when he led. He started out, he was 20 years old uh, when he ascended the throne. He was the son of uh, King David and Bathsheba. And I know you've heard about them. Most of us in here uh, have heard the account of David and Bathsheba. Uh, that is what happens when you are not where you're supposed to be. David was supposed to be in battle. Instead, he's wandering around the rooftops and Bathsheba was taking a bath. Now she was where she was, she was where she was supposed to be. He was the one that wasn't where he was supposed to be. And some mischief ensued. And you want drama, there ain't no drama like Old Testament drama, right? So there was some adultery thrown in there. There was some conniving and plotting thrown in there and some murder thrown in there and some cover up thrown in there. And then the death of a child thrown in there. If you haven't read it, it's a must read. All right. But David, being the king that he was, uh, known as a man after God's own heart, as soon as it was brought to his, you know, when he came to himself, because that's what happens when we get wrapped up in sin, you get cloudy. 
And it takes somebody or something to come and tell you. And for David, it was a prophet, Nathan, that had to come and show him the error of his ways. But when he came to himself, he repented and got it right. Well, after he repented, he and Bathsheba uh, then eventually did get married and they had multiple children. Solomon was one of them. And so David is getting older. Um, you know, he's about to die. And so he is uh, anointing or, or putting Solomon in place to be the king after him. Now, even though David repented, and this is just a little side step, it don't cost you nothing. Even though David repented and got it right with God, he still had the consequences of his actions, meaning he had let loose some things in his house. And that chaos ran through. I mean, he had a little bit more Old Testament drama for you, sons killing sons, um, Sons taking advantage of sisters. It got ugly. Um, and those are things that David let loose in his house. So sin is not without a price. We can repent. God forgives us, but you have still set some things in motion. Okay, so you want to be careful about that. But anyway, so here we are. First Kings uh, chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 4 through 10, and we're in the New International Version. It reads as follows. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So we're going to look at Solomon's prayer in a little bit more in depth. And we're going to divide it into four parts because it just blesses me uh, to know uh, what he asked when, I mean, I, and I, I pray that, you know, if that ever happens to me, you're in a dream and God comes, you just, whatever you want, ask me for whatever you want. I pray I have the presence of mind to ask for things that matter, right? Yeah. To those, for those things that last and not start the list of, well, I wanna, and I wanna, you know. Don't, don't pull out your Santa Claus list. And Solomon had the presence of mind to ask for what matters. So we're gonna split this into four parts. First part, recognize the blessing of your position. Those of you that are in leadership, whatever type of leadership or ever how many people are under you or following you, the first thing we need to always do, and it has to be a constant reminder because it can easily slip, is to recognize the blessing of your position. Verse 6, Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and, had, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, having a son was important, especially if you're the king, you want your heir 
to um, take over the throne after you. And it almost sounds like Solomon was his only son. But he wasn't. you got to love that dude, right? But he wasn't. Um, Solomon wasn't the firstborn, so he was not entitled uh, to the throne. He was not even the firstborn of David and Bathsheba. David, uh, Solomon came along a little bit later in David's life. And so he was not the, the natural next one. He was not the most experienced one. Um, he, there was nothing about him that, that said he should have been next in line other than God said he'd be next in line. And so many of you, the leadership positions you're in, when you look around, you may think there's somebody smarter than me that should be doing this. Somebody more experienced than I am that should be doing this. I mean, Solomon was one of 20 children, 20 children. I'm still trying to recover from two. 20 kids. David had numerous wives. Pastor Stroud is still trying to learn how to handle one. He's doing it well, though. So you have all this going on, um, but the fact of the matter is that Solomon was chosen. And when you look at yourself in the position that you're in and you recognize the blessing of your position, all of the other qualifications doesn't matter. The one thing that's important is what? God chose you. He put you there. And because he put you there, that is where you're supposed to be. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise, okay? So recognize that you are there as because it is a blessing. And, and the word says, too, because of all that David had done, Solomon was given this. So you don't know what your predecessors have done, what they have set up so that you could be in this place, okay? So recognize that it is a blessing, not a curse, although the weight of leadership can be heavy. It is never a curse. It is a blessing when God has chosen you and when he has put you there. Now, if you put yourself in some places, I put myself in some places because I thought this will be, you know, a good political move, you know, the right thing to do. I'm going to go and get involved and I'm going to be here and do that. And it became overwhelming. And I had to step back and say, you know what? I am so sorry. Someone else, I misspoke. Um, overextended, someone else has to do this. But those places where God has put you, where he, the positions that he blessed you with, that he opened up for, he will fully equip you to do what you need to do. All right, so recognize the blessing and accept it. Part number two, acknowledge your limitations. Verse seven says, now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Have you ever been in that situation? I have. Lord, I do not know what I'm doing. But he is so faithful that he will help you and work with you so that the other people don't know that you don't know what you're doing. Because the only people who really need to know that you don't know what you're doing is you. First of all, you need to acknowledge your limitations. Don't be one of those people who act like you got it all under control and you don't have it. Don't lie to yourself. If you ever have to lie to anybody, please don't let it be yourself. Okay, just don't. Don't lie to you. All right, so Solomon acknowledged his limitations. Now, a child, he's 20. That is young. There are some people that have gone to rule earlier or younger than that, but you're looking at a massive number of people. 
and you're a 20 year old and they're gonna come to you for guidance. And so he acknowledges his limitation. I'm young, I'm inexperienced, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant. There's something wrong with staying ignorant, okay? <laughs> That's when you have a problem. There's nothing wrong with being a child. The problem comes in when you should have, have grown past childhood and you're still there saying, well, I just don't know how to do it. I just don't know how to do it. That's fine, honey, but learn. You need to learn how to do it. You don't just get to, you can't, that can't always be your answer. It's fine if something, if a problem comes across your desk and you, you simply don't know what to do, then you say, I, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I will find out. Right. So Solomon was young. He was inexperienced. Um, and there will be times when you are young and inexperienced because even an expert started out as a beginner. Everybody has to start somewhere. So acknowledge that and then start. But don't just stay there. Do what you need to do so that you can grow and so you can learn. Don't just act like you got it all together. Um, acknowledge it and do what Solomon did. He acknowledged his limitation to himself and he took his limitations to God. And that's what we need to do as leaders. Acknowledge your limitations. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. These people get on my nerves. The Lord, and I have that conversation often because I told him I didn't want to be in charge of anybody. I didn't want to run my own business. That was, I mean, I don't even know why I had that prayer as a young person, but that was my prayer. And I guess I knew it was coming, but I'm like, I don't, that's the one thing I'm, I am perfectly content to work for someone else. I am support staff. I love that. I do not ever have to be out front. It is not my thing. And so the Lord and I had those conversations. And he just listened quietly, and he never once told me that that was not how it was going to be. So I figured that was how it was going to be. That is not what happened. And so now I have people that depend on me to make decisions. So I sometimes, Pastor Al said, we have a closet. He's in the closet. Sometimes I'm sitting outside in the car, and he'll call. He's like, you still in the driveway? You okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just getting ready. I got to get to the food bank. They'll be there soon. He's like, okay, I just saw you on the camera, and I just thought, I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm in the car going, okay, Lord, please help me to be able to lead these people with kindness and compassion. And give me a plan, because I don't have a plan. And I know as soon as I get down there, they're going to be looking at me, and I'm going to hear this sentence all day long. What next? What next? What next? To the point where I'll be shaking. I don't know what's next. <laughs> Give me a minute. So I have to pray that prayer to the Lord because I'll be like, okay, I don't, this was not something I wanted because I felt like I couldn't do it. And I was right. But he can do it. And so that gives me the opportunity to depend on him and not depend on me. All right, so acknowledge your limitations. Number three, respect those you are called to lead. Verse eight, your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or to number. The people you are leading are great as well. It may not be millions of people. It may not be thousands of people. It could just be one or two people, but they are great people. Why? Because they're God's people. 
they are his. He has chosen them. Even the ones that have not chosen him, he has still chosen them. Think about the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. He made that sacrifice for everyone. He was not a respecter of persons. And sometimes we can get uppity. Can't we get, we can all now, I mean, y'all go ahead and say it. We, we can all be like, well, like that little Pharisee. I thank God I'm not like that guy. You know, y'all know you said it. But in God's eyes, we are all like that guy. We are that guy. And even seeing us that way, you think of the worst person that's ever walked the face of the earth. Jesus willingly went to the cross for them. So in his eyes, these are all his children, all of them, none of them more important than the other, all equal in his eyes. So it is a great people. And when you are leading them, when you're in charge of them, you need to remember that they are a great people and respect them, even if they haven't done anything to earn your respect. You respect who they belong to. And you treat them accordingly. And you don't give them junk and be like, well, I mean, whatever, just, mm -mm. Those are God's kids. Those of you that have children, think about how you would feel if somebody mistreated your children because they didn't think they were the prettiest child in the class or the smartest child in the class or the whatever child in the class. You expect every person that comes across your child to treat them with the love and respect that you treat them, right? Or you don't want them in that situation. That's what we tell our teachers. If you can't treat everybody right, then you don't need to teach. Well, if you can't lead everybody right, you don't need to lead because these are God's people, God's children, precious in his sight. We have to respect them, be respectful of those who are following you. Their lives are important and you can do something just out of hand, not even thinking about it. And you can damage somebody for a long time. And you may not know it because it may not have been something important to you, but you don't know what they're dealing with. And so that's why it's important to pray uh, for the Lord to give you what you need to help you to be able to lead. So we want to respect those that are leading. And number four, ask God for the ability to carry out your purpose. Solomon said, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? We have to ask God for the tools that are necessary, what we need to be able to carry out this purpose. I have to do that because, I, again, I never dreamed I would be in the position that I'm in. And so I'm like, Lord, I don't have the tools. And he's like, yes, you do. And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, yes, you do. And I'm like, I don't see how. And he's like, well, you don't have to. So just trust me. Okay. And he will give you the tools that you need. And uh, we can pray for wisdom. In the book of James, that's one of my favorite passages, James 1 and 5, says that if, you know, if we lack wisdom, you can ask God, our, our generous God, who will give it to you liberally. And you know, he won't even complain about it. You know, some people you ask, can you show me how to do this again? And they're like, again? Just write it down this time. 
You ever ask somebody for instructions, and then you may have to go back and ask them again for instructions. You don't, and, that, and then the third time, and then they start looking at you like, you just, oh, just let me do it. I'm so grateful God is not that way. You can ask him for wisdom every single day of your life. You know how I know? Because I do. Every single day. Now, y'all may not think it's a long ride from my house to the food bank, but I make it be a long way because I'm like, Lord, we'll be there soon. We're going to be ready. We have to be ready. And y'all are like, why do you get there so much earlier than everybody else? Because I need to be acclimated to the building. And I'm like, okay, we're here now, Lord. Let's get a lay of the land. You know, and people will be like, well, when did you get here? I slipped in the back. Yeah. I had to come in and get myself ready for this. And I do, I pray for wisdom because I don't want to make a mistake that messes up something for someone else. I can recover, just like David. I can repent and I can recover, but what have I unleashed? How long does it take to clean that mess up, right? You can, when they say don't cry over spilled milk, well, okay, fine, don't cry over it, but somebody still gotta clean it up. And that stuff, if you've ever dropped a liquid, gets everywhere in nooks and crannies you wouldn't think. And so when we do make mistakes, the mess gets everywhere in nooks and crannies you wouldn't even imagine. And I'm not saying you're not going to ever make mistakes. We will, and God is so faithful to help us to clean those up. But if it can be avoided by saying, Lord, give me wisdom, please, he will give it to you liberally. He doesn't chastise you. He doesn't do that huffing and puffing (sighs) again. He doesn't do any of that. He simply delivers. So whatever tools that you need to be able to do your job effectively, all you got to do is ask. Just ask him. And he's faithful. Just ask. Because there are times when I've needed help, and I'm like, Lord, I need help over here. And then, you know, he would send somebody, and because I know I, my mind and my body know, well, maybe it's my, my body knows it needs help. My mind thinks she's invincible. <laughs> and just given enough time, she can do it all. And so people will come, let me help you. I'm like, uh-uh, I got it. Because you can't possibly understand what it is I got going here. And in the time it takes me to explain it, I could have just done it. And they're like, really though? I'm like, yeah, really though. And Lord's like, really though? But you ask for help and I sent it. So then my next prayer had to be, um, while I'm asking for help each day, it had to, then I also had to add, and Lord help me to recognize when it comes and not to turn it away not my default position. So I have to pray for help with that as well. So Lord, help me to receive the help that you send in me and work with the help that you send in me because, well, I got my issues. So ask God for the ability, all the tools necessary uh, to carry out your purpose. And Solomon knew this is a lot of people. They're gonna be coming to me for judgment 
I need to be able to discern right from wrong. I need to be able to understand so I can rightly divide and tell them what's going on. We need to do that too. People are coming to you with issues, they're coming to you with problems. You need to be able to rightly um, discern or, or to know right from wrong and be able to explain it to them and to be able to you know, uh, exercise sound judgment. So God will give you the ability to do that. God's reply to Solomon, done. He's like, done. If that's all you want, good. I got you. I got you. And God was so, um, he was happy about Solomon's uh, request because he, and he told him, he was like, look, because you were more concerned about my people than yourself, I'm going to give you what you ask for, and then I'm going to give you all those other things that you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you the wealth. I'm going to give you uh, the honor. I'm going to give you a long life. I just need you to walk in obedience and keep my laws like your father did. Now, did he do it? Well, he started out strong. And you can start out strong as a leader too, but you have to be careful because the thing about wisdom that can get a little bit tricky is that you can start to think that you're smart, that you're doing this all on your own and you'll forget about God and not realize that, remember you prayed that prayer, I'm young, I'm inexperienced, I'm ignorant, I don't know, Lord, would you please give me wisdom? And so now you think, I got this. And then something happens and you realize, oh, I don't got this. You know, so you have to remember to keep God in your heart, to keep that relationship uh, with him. We want to be that. And that is where we can learn from David. He had his missteps and his mess, mess ups. But when it was brought to his attention, when he realized that he was not in fellowship with God like he should have been. Uh, and you, you know that when you fellowship with God like you should. You know, if you regularly don't talk to somebody, then you don't usually know when they're upset with you because you go days without talking to them anyway. But if you talk to them every day, you're in the presence of God every day. If something is not right, you'll know. And that's when you're like, oh, I got a little something on me, Lord. I'm sorry. Let me repent. Let me get that right. And had Solomon done that, it would have saved him a world of trouble. But one thing he forgot uh, to do, the, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 17, the Lord is telling his people, when you all get to the promised land, you're going to want to do like the other nations around you, and you're going to want to have a king. And so he gave them some guidelines. When you decide to have a king, these are some guidelines you need to go by. And you need to keep these guidelines. And one of them was the king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth and silver and gold for himself. Now, Solomon forgot this. And one of the things that that was in place, because, I mean, the Lord is faithful. He has this. You know, you, you know he knows what's going on. And he's got this. And if we just listen to him and do what he says, he had given them this list of guidelines. And then he went a step further and said, said that every king that takes the throne has to, in his own hand, write these guidelines out on a scroll in the presence of the priest and then keep that scroll on their person at all times and read it every day. And this will keep them from straying away 
from the, from the guidelines, from straying away from me, from thinking themselves more than they ought to be, to forget, it will keep them from getting prideful and arrogant and thinking that they are better than the people. Now, I'm just going to venture to say that as leaders, there may be some guidelines that you need to write down, some that I need to write down, and we need to visit them bad boys every day so we won't forget who God is and we won't forget who his people are and we won't forget who we are. Just a cog in the wheel, right? You are replaceable. That is, nobody likes to hear that. You're like, I am unique and I am so wonderful and you are woo-woo. But somebody else could do that job. So it is a privilege that you get to do it. You know, I learned that when I was on this job, this particular job when I was younger, and they had me doing, I've always done multiple jobs. I, I don't know why. You know, I was doing my job and somebody else's job and somebody else's job, and I was, you know, getting it done. And it finally, it was time for me to leave. And I just thought, you know, this company, you know how they say the world runs on Duncan? Well, this company runs on Samiko. She has got this. They are gonna miss me when I'm gone. Teach you not to treat me right. I'm out. So I put my notice in, you know, and I'm like, they're gonna be all sad and stuff. How about they had this chick replaced? I didn't even get, before my two weeks were out, I think by the end of the day. So then I got to spend the next week and a half or so training my replacement. So you know what Beyonce say, don't you ever start to thinking that you're irreplaceable. So that's when I learned, it doesn't matter how much work you do, they will, you can be replaced. Now true, it took multiple people to replace me, but that company went on, right? I was the one standing there going, oh, okay. Point made. All right, so we need to remember to remind ourselves, if you need to write it down, remember that it is a privilege to be where you are, that it is a blessing to be in that position, that God's people need and deserve to be respected, and that you don't know it all. You can't do it all. He can do it all, and he can bless you to do a lot of it. But if you won't do right, he can move you out of the way and put the next person in because he won't leave you there to continue to damage his children. Okay, all right, so, but Solomon didn't take the heart. The king must not take many wives for himself. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Now, a lot of them were like for political alliances or what have you, but he forgot that the best political alliance you can have is a relationship with God and let him work it out with all these other countries. I don't have to join forces with this one and this one and this one. I just have to join forces with him and then follow what he says. So Solomon did um, a misstep that sometimes we all do is, I got this. I can do this. Right, And that's what he did. And the Lord had warned him and said, because they will turn your heart away from the Lord. And that's exactly what they did. They turned him away from God. Solomon then lived a life of immorality, a life of idolatry. And because he was the leader of the nation, what happened? The whole nation 
uh, the, it came to be, it fostered a culture of immorality and idolatry, idolatry throughout the kingdom. So keep in mind, those of you that are leading, they may not always hear what you say, but trust me, they will see what you do. And what you unleash in your life and in your household will flow over those that you are leading. We can look at our own country and see that. There was not too many presidents ago that we had our commander in chief involved in a scandal, a sex scandal, you know, the best kind, right? So involved in that and he made some denials and then he was caught in some lies and this, but the thing that he did unleashed a spirit that ran so rampant through our country and our young children that we had middle schoolers that it got so bad sexually transmitted diseases because they were doing what he did. But they were not mature, they didn't know how to handle it. And so you've got kids that are, what is middle school age? I don't know, you're not even a teenager, you're just that teenager, hormones raging, and they're going, this is okay to do because he's our leader and he did it. That's what happens. You can go into an area and you can see if a leader is living an adulterous life, you will see that. If, a, if the pastor is doing it, you will see it in his congregation. If the pastor is not a giver, you will see that display in his congregation. If he's got a problem or she has a problem with the truth, some people just have a problem with the truth. They simply don't know when they're telling it and when they're not. They can't because I'm like, what? that's what you want to lie about? That? Okay then. And you just you just really just don't know. You just like I don't I don't know. They said it was raining. I saw some water falling, but somebody could be on the roof with a bucket. I don't know. Because they don't tell the truth. And the person that does that, you will see that. And those that they are over, they will lie like that. You know, and you wonder you acting just like your parents, you know, the children because they will. That's going on in the house. And you are a leader in your home. And that will be displayed in there. So you have to be careful about that because what you unleash is like this. Are y'all familiar with kudzu? Most people in the South, we know kudzu. Well, you know, it's not native to this area. It's not native to the United States. Somebody brought it over from another country because it was pretty full. It has little blossoms. I ain't never even noticed the blossoms because you just see the kudzu. You know, so they brought it, but kudzu is very invasive. That stuff grows up to one foot a day. It will take over everything in its path and kill it all. And there will be nothing left but the kudzu. Sin is like that. Somebody will bring you a little bit and you'll think that's so pretty, that little blossom. It ain't gonna hurt nobody. And before you know it, that stuff has taken over your life. And it has taken over everybody around you. And y'all are covered in it. So you have to be careful. Somebody bringing you that, you're like, no, I don't want none of that. I'm not, I'm not receiving any of that. Be careful what you allow into your life. 
especially those of you that are in leadership positions. Now, all of us need to be careful what we let loose in our life, but you definitely need to be careful when you have somebody else that you are responsible for. And again, I'm saying that's unless you're even, even a single person in a home by themselves, you can unleash something in your house a spirit running rampant in your house and it will jump on everybody that comes to visit you. You ever been in some of you walk into you like, Ooh, something, something don't feel right in here. And you're looking around and people looking at you crazy. And you're like, I'm just going to go. That's all right. We'll meet up downtown next time. You know, that's what they, you just do. And you just can't just be doing and doing thinking this is my house. Okay, but you know, that stuff, anyway, be mindful of what you unleash. First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse 16 says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Be careful how you live because it's, it is you, your life is important, but it's not just about you. We are all so interconnected and intertwined. The things that you do affect other people. And so you have to be careful about that. You know, because you want them to be careful. I want people to, to think about me when they're doing something. If it's going to affect me, I'm going to need you to give it a little bit of thought. Because I don't want to have to fight a battle that I don't need to fight because you were having a bad day and you just spewed a bunch of stuff on me and now I got to go deal with that. Yeah. I already got stuff I'm dealing with. Don't be messing with me. If you ain't where you need to be, then just take a step back and say, I ain't, I'm not there that I'm taking a personal day yeah. till I can get my head together rather than come you're supposed to be my leader. You're my supervisor at work. I've had supervisors at work that come in. I'm like, well, honey, if you was having a bad day, you, we don't have to do this now. I don't need that. I can find junk. I don't want it to pick it up here. You know, so if you have to go in the bathroom and take a minute. Pastor, I said, take a, get it together, honey, get it. I have done that. Take a step back. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to. And I'm in there talking to myself, girl, you better get yourself together now. Either that or you better get, walk out this back door and call them when you get home. Because you can't just do that to people. And then, you know, because think about how you feel when somebody does something to you. And then they may or may not circle back and be like, I'm sorry. Well, what is that helping? You sorry. I'm still hurt and I'm still angry and now I'm getting bitter and you're going to say I'm sorry and walk away and that's supposed to fix the situation. Now I got to go pray again because I'm having unchristian-like thoughts about you. Thank you very much. So keep a close watch on how you live. Keep a close watch on what you're teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation. Right, your own. We still have to make it through this life, as well as the salvation of others. Now, I know y'all are used to me having an acrostic. I didn't disappoint you. We got one. All right, a leader's heart. H e a r t. You want to stay humble, right? Remember, you were blessed uh, to have the privilege to lead people through this life, right? It's not about you. Think of yourself as a tour guide. You ever gone somewhere and you had a tour guide? 
Now, the place you were going, you didn't go there to see the tour guide, did you? No. They were there to help the trip more memorable, to help you get a full understanding of what you were going to see, but it's not about them. In this life, as you are leading people, it's not about you. You are privileged to be able to be a part of their journey. Accept it as that. You know, be humble. Lord, I thank you that of all the people you could have chosen, you chose me. Because you are blessed because of it, right? Because you'll get it first before you can give it out, right? So you are blessed by that. People will get the overflow, right? But you get to be the saucer and hold the cup and hold it all. They just get a little bit of it, right? So be humble. Stay engaged. Keep the lines of communication open with God and with his people. Don't become distant and cold. It is so easy for that to happen as a leader because people will hurt you. Some will do it intentionally. Some won't. You will have, you know, I've got all this stuff ready and I'm trying to help them. And why don't they understand I'm trying to help them? Why don't they listen to me? And it's easy to you get cold, you get distant. You be like, I don't care if y'all don't get it, you don't get it. Come on now. We can't get cold. We can't be distant. Um, don't get, let a barrier build around your heart. And that is so easy for it to happen. I've had, have, we've been in ministry for 20 years. People talk about church hurt. Honey, you ain't been hurt till you've been the leader in the church and give your life to help people. And then somebody come in and say something to them the wrong way. Not even you. You could have done everything right. Somebody say something to them the wrong way and they leave and take a whole bunch of families with them. And then you got to come back the next week with a smile and open arms and open heart to receive the next family that comes and you still got to love on them and you got to teach them and you got to be available for them. And in the back of your mind, how long before this one stabs me in the back? <laughs> What are they going to do? I don't know how much more of this I can take, Lord. I just don't know. It ain't worth it, Lord. I, I didn't sign on for this, Jesus. But you have to be mindful. You have to, when, when you feel it coming on you, you got to pray. You got to get that stuff off you, Lord, help me. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be short-tempered. I don't want to make these people pay for what somebody else did to me. I don't want to hold grudges. I don't want anything that comes between me and you, Lord. I want the lines of communication to stay open. When I pray, when I worship, I need to feel your presence. Always, I need you to be with me. So anything that is coming, Please help me to see it so that we can deal with it. I mean, you're going to be hurt. It's going to happen, which is why we try to tell people, it is perfectly fine for you to leave one church and go to another. I mean, life happens. Your situation changes. Just learn how to say goodbye. I mean, that's it. That's all you got to do is learn how to leave. It's just that simple. Y'all been great. It's time for us to go over here now. Love you. Thank you. Bye. There you go. You don't even have to have another reason. I'm leaving. Thank you. Bye. That's it. it. You don't even have to be like, it ain't you. It's me. I feel like I need to go. I'm going to go. Catch you on the flip side. Love you. Bye.
All right. Stay engaged. Stay appreciative. Remember, you, you were called to lead people, but people have to choose to follow you. So when they do, you need to appreciate that because people can go anywhere. They can follow anybody. Just because you feel as though you have a call on your life to lead doesn't mean anybody has to walk behind you or stand with you. You could just be like that man out on the corner preaching by himself. That could be you. So when you get people, don't take it lightly when people get up and get dressed and show up at your place of business to be there, to work with you, and you to lead them. We honor our volunteers at the food bank because I know they could be anywhere doing anything, including sitting at home twiddling their thumbs. We work hard over there. It gets rough. And if they choose to come back another day, you think I ain't gonna appreciate them? Because there have been some days like, I just ain't going, Lord. The whole time I'm getting dressed, I ain't gonna do this no more. I didn't ask to be doing this. Did all these years of schooling to go down here and work like a dog, I ain't going. And pastor, I said, what time are you leaving? In a few minutes. So we have to appreciate those that labor among us, those that you are leading, you know, because they have very full lives. And sometimes maybe they just don't feel it that day. And it's hard as pastors. When, when, when we come to church and we have, Pastor John, I know he has prepared a message. Um, he has equated it to me before. Um, and I know some of you will probably notice better than me. You know, when you had cooked a big meal, <clears throat> And you set the table and people come in and be like, um, I'm not hungry. Cause I'm like, I don't know what that's got to do with me. You about to eat this food, <laughs> you know, or it'll be a long time before you see this again. But he can't do that as a pastor. And so sometimes that affects him, you know, when you come in and you, you know, you prepare a meal and then, you know, people aren't there or they are there, but they're looking all around and you're like, I don't think they're getting it, Lord. I don't think. And so we, you know, you have to work with that and realize my job is just to prepare the meal. The rest of that's God's business. But you have to remember that leaders are people too. And sometimes you just be like, what? But Lord. So we have to be appreciative. Always be respectful. Those you are leading may not know their value, but as their leader, you should know their value. And always treat them accordingly. Remember, these are God's people. Jesus went through torture, temporary separation from the Father, and a horrible death so that they wouldn't have to. You got to keep that first and foremost in your mind and be respectful of them. Know their value. And the T, trustworthy. Got to keep your character and your integrity in check because remember, people are following you. You can't just leave them. Now, back before GPS, when you went somewhere as a group, have any of you ever done like the little convoy on the road? You know, the first vehicle, your lead vehicle, and everybody else is following and the rest of us don't really know where we're going. We got kind of odd, but we don't really know. And we couldn't just pull it up on our phones. Uh, some of y'all don't understand this, but I was married before I had my first cell phone. So um, I did marry young, but still. And so you, you had to rely on the person in front of you because they're the only one who truly knew where they were going. And so you drive differently when you have people following you. 
Like you can't go running through the yellow light. You got to stop because you got to, you can only make turns when everybody behind you has enough time to be able to execute the turn. So you have to drive accordingly. As leaders, you need to remember that. You got people following you. They have a rough idea of where they're going, but if they didn't need you to lead them there, they wouldn't be riding behind you, right? They'd be alongside you. So since they are following you, you need to make sure you slow it down a little bit so that they can get every so often, you, you look in your review mirror, you still see them back there, I see them. All right, I see the blue car, I see the red car. Okay, we got everybody, all right. And every so often as a leader, you need to take a little spot check. We got everybody. Did we leave anybody on that last dirt road? It got bumpy. Anybody pull over? Don't leave me in the ditch. When something happened to my car, something happened to me along the way, and you're not looking for me, and I'm on the side of the road looking at this flat tire going, I'd be glad when you change yourself. Because AAA said they weren't coming. And I'm thinking, why ain't nobody looking for me? I was in the group. Where's the rest of my people? So we have to do that. Be mindful that people are following you. Don't leave them in the ditch. Don't make you make a wrong turn and you got me 10, 15 minutes off Pat and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. What? I told you I was low in gas. We ain't got no time for this. You better make sure you know where you're going. Get the plan before we start off, okay? So make sure you keep your heart, a leader's heart, humble and engaged and appreciative and respectful and be trustworthy. Amen? Amen. I am done. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.